coming up on this episode of the MD and Chef Team Show. Once I learned to prioritize my sleep, I'm telling you, my energy came on, my clients' energies came on, and they just felt better. They lost weight. They were clear. They were more productive. They're writing books, doing online courses. They're just, they're smashing it, which is what it's all about. Welcome to the show from the The MD MD and Chef Team. Team. I'm Dr. Isabel, medical doctor here at the MD and Chef Team. And who are you? I'm Chef Michael, culinary nutrition expert. I'm the chef part of the team. And what are we going to talk about, babe? Now, I can say that because he's my husband. (laughs) Yes. Well, then we'll be talking about marriage, relationships, parenting, intimacy. We'll talk about mindsets of success, overcoming depression, anxiety. I'll be getting into functional nutrition, recipes and tips from the kitchen. And we're going to both get into how to live a long, healthy, vibrant life. Yes, I love it. Our mission is to help you prevent and reverse disease and give you hope in the process. Oh, yeah, we like to have fun, too. So let's get on with the show. And today we're going to learn the four parts, the four steps, but I hope you have a piece of paper and a pen to write down the four steps. And remember, you can always pause and rewind this because I'm going to give you a lot of value in this one, okay? Well, I always give you a lot of value, but there's going to be more here that you're going to need to be writing down, okay? All righty. I just love doing education like this. It makes me so happy. Number one is we're going to talk about water. Now, I know everybody knows that we need to be drinking water, but you've got to have a picture in your mind of why you need to be drinking water and how much. And if you think of flowers, I mean, what happens to a flower when it's not hydrated? It starts to wilt, right? And it looks really sad and droopy. Well, that's you. You're a wilted flower when you're not drinking and drinking water. (laughs) And one of the ways that you will know in your system, in your body, that you're not drinking enough water is one, you won't have energy because you are 70% water. Like if I stand up right now, you're, I'm going to stand up. I am 70% and so are you 70% water. Okay. And if you have that water level go down, then your tank is going to peter out and you won't have enough energy for your day. And that water is your energy. It's a, it's a resource your body needs. So you need to keep your tank at 70%. Okay? Not 50%, but 70%. Now, some of the ways that you can know whether you are dehydrated is your mouth will be dry, your lips will be dry, your tongue will be dry. Um, also, you can... Uh, check your skin. And this is something I always like to check when people say, oh, doc, I drink enough water. And I go, oh, yeah, well, I'm going to find out. (laughs) And one of the ways that I find out is I look in their mouth. And if it looks like a dry desert, then they're not drinking enough water. Your tongue should be nice and moist. Okay, nice and moist. And you do that by drinking water. And don't wait for your body to say, I'm thirsty. Because by then you are, I think you're about 20% dehydrated by that point. Okay, so don't wait for that little trigger. Um, Another way that you can check is just check your skin. And if they, if the 
when you pull up the skin, you pull up the skin like this, and if it still stays up like a tent, then you're very dehydrated. Your skin should go up and down really fast. Let's see, how am I doing? I could be drinking a little bit more water, but you know, the point is if it ends up tenting, tenting is a sign of dehydration. Another sign of dehydration is headaches. So if you're having headaches, it could be because you're dehydrated. So make sure you're drinking your water. Now let's calculate how much water you need to be drinking. Well, you might want to take write this down, okay? So the calculation to find out how much water you need to be drinking is if you are in the part of the world that goes by mils and kilograms, then it's 30 mils per kilogram of weight. Okay, that's how much you need just baseline. So let's just take a for instance, let's say you weigh 70 kgs. So 70 kgs times 30 mils per kg equals 2,100 mils of water or 2.1 liters of water a day. Okay, now if you're in the other part of the world that lives by pounds and ounces, well, then you want to go with one ounce per pound. That's how much water you need if you've got, if you're in the pound department of the world, okay? So it's one ounce per pound. So let's just say you weigh 154 pounds. So 154 pounds times one ounce per pound equals 154 ounces. You are right on. You're very good at this. <laughs> and you, we didn't even need a calculator, right? And so 154 ounces comes out to 1.2 gallons of water. That's what you need every single day for maintenance. Okay. Now, beware. If you have heart problems or kidney problems, you need to discuss this number with your doctor because if you've got heart problems, your heart's not able to pump that water and you can go into congestive heart failure or you can have leg swelling and you could be in a bad situation. So if you've got heart problems or kidney problems, talk to your doctor about these numbers, please, okay? Because remember, I'm your health coach to help along you alongside you so that you can work with your doctor okay to get nice and healthy and live up to 100 years young and healthy with us a doctor on a mission right <laughs> good just kind of refreshing our mind why are we doing the young and healthy crew the next thing is well how do you drink all this water well you certainly don't drink it all at one time you don't sit there and drink 1.2 gallons of water or 2.1 liters of water all at one time why because you will dilute the chemicals in your brain and you could start having seizures or you can force your heart to kind of like stop working very well so what you want to do is you want to put it into quarters so you know like do a quarter of it in the morning, a quarter of it before noon, another quarter before three, and another quarter before six. I always, when I was working in the clinic all the time, I would always say to myself, I can't go home until I have finished all of my water. So I was definitely um, encouraged to drink all my water because I love coming home. So cheers to your water intake. The next thing about water is if you are drinking caffeine, 
And, you know, I love a good cup of organic, um, organic, oh, what do I do? Coffee press. I do a coffee press, plunger, filter, um, two of those a day. So that's just what I do because I love good, clean, organic coffee. Now, for every cup of caffeine that you drink, you need to add two more cups of water. And the reason for that is because caffeine dehydrates you. It makes you urinate out a lot of water. It's a diuretic, okay? So just keep that in mind. For every cup of water that you drink, I mean, for every cup of caffeine that you drink, you need to drink two extra cups of water. So let's say you have to, you drink 2.1 liters of water a day. You have to add two more You have to have four more cups of water if you're drinking two cups of caffeine, okay? And I do my best to do that. So just to let you know, I'm challenged with this too. Okay, so that's the first step to help you have more energy. Drink your water, okay? You all right out there? Okay, good. (laughs) How do you like the chili peppers behind me, huh? I love, look, it, it tells you like all the different sizes of chilies. And just so you know, the smaller the chili, the more caliente it is. So just beware if you're ever in a farmer's market and you see these little tiny baby innocent chilies, know that they are very fiery. However, the bigger ones are less fiery. Just a tip. Just a tip from my experience. Okay, so let's go on to the next one. And the next one is sleep. So number two is sleep. I know everybody says they're busy, busy, busy. Are you busy? I know. We're all busy. Busy is like the new sexy. If you're busy, you're sexy. But you know what? The key is we want to be productive. And there is some wonderful research out there showing us how important sleep is. And like right now in New Zealand, there are the elections. And we've actually got people that are running for for office saying that they, they survive on five hours of sleep a night, that they actually are busy, busy, and they get more and more done. And that breaks my heart because that's just sharing and and buying into the philosophy that if you sleep, you're not busy, you're not productive. And in fact, the more sleep you have, the healthier brain is, the healthier your body is, and the more productive you are. Research has shown that. I don't need to prove that anymore, okay? And if you're not getting good sleep, guess what? You also are increasing your risk of Alzheimer's. We don't want to do that, okay? So I know we're all busy. I I was taught in medical school. I mean, the whole philosophy in medical school was, don't you dare sleep, doctor. You are on for 36 hours, and you drink coffee, and you eat sugar, and you stay awake. Well, yeah. But you know what? I wasn't thinking very clearly. It's not very healthy. But it's kind of like the the mob mentality in medicine. But it's all changing. And then you become a mom, right? And who gets any good sleep being a mom? I don't know about you, but I sure didn't. (laughs) So the key is let's get some good sleep. And let's make it priority. 
The reason you want to make sleep priority is because if you sleep good, you're actually going to lose weight. And the less weight you have on your body, the more energy you're going to have, right? I mean, if you're the big O, then you are going to be carrying around a lot of extra weight that's going to make you tired. So let's sleep well so that we lose weight so that we have more energy. That's the key. So let's see. What did I want to say here? Oh, yeah. Sleep deprivation. Um, When you don't sleep, your full, well, we say the full quid here and down under. If you don't sleep your full amount in one night, then your body feels very stressed. And a thing happens to your body called oxidative stress. Now, you've probably heard that term. Oxidative stress is just aging. I just want you to replace that word oxidative stress as aging and have a picture in your mind of an apple that gets cut in half and one out one half of the apple gets dipped in lemon juice which is your antioxidant and then the other half of the apple just is exposed to the air. Well after about four or five hours this side of the apple that didn't that's just exposed to the air is experiencing oxidative stress and that oxidative stress causes aging it starts turning brown and wrinkly and yucky that's oxidative stress okay and then this one is antioxidant has antioxidant um protection from the vitamin c and just good food so The key is we don't want to have oxidative stress. And we have oxidative stress when we don't sleep good. And that just throws all of our hormones out of whack. Like, for instance, insulin, cortisol, and ghrelin. And just so you know, if nobody's ever told you this, if you aren't sleeping your full amount every night, and I'm going to let you know what that number is, and you might want to throw an apple or a tomato or a banana at me, but... It's what the research is showing. If you aren't sleeping your full amount every night, then a hormone in your gut called ghrelin is going to increase and you're going to actually gain weight because your body's going to sense that you're hungry. So get your good sleep. Okay. Have more energy, lose weight, have more energy. So the amount that is recommended by the research, this is not me, this is not Dr. Isabel, this is the research, is if you have less than 7.5 hours of sleep, you're increasing your risk of Alzheimer's. I know, it's the latest research, I just heard about that, and uh, had to share that with you. And so the key is, you want to be getting 7.5 hours of sleep to 9.5 hours of sleep. And I remember when somebody told me that, I was like, you are nuts. Because once I learned to prioritize my sleep, I'm telling you, my energy came on, my clients' energies came on, and they just felt better. They lost weight. They were clear. They were more productive. They're writing books, doing online courses. They're just They're smashing it, which is what it's all about. So let's talk about how to get 7.5 to 9.5 hours of sleep every single night. (laughs) Well, the first part is 
you want to go to sleep at the same time every night, roughly. Okay? Give or take a couple of hours. So that's the first step. The second step is you want your room to be dark. Okay? You want it to be dark. And if you need to, you can um, use eye shades or you can use earplugs. You can do both. But you want to make sure that your eyes are covered and it's just black. Or you could put a pillow over your head. Okay, so that there's no no brightness coming through the shades. Like in our, our bedroom, we've got wooden shades, and sometimes um, there's a little bit of sunshine coming through early in the morning. Now that we're in spring, I'm so happy. And I still need to get some sleep. So that's the second thing, dark room. And if you need eye shades or earplugs, go for it. It's no big deal. The third thing is you want to power down an hour before going to bed. And how do you do that? Well, the first thing, this is an hour before it's time for you to go to sleep. You want to realize, okay, it's my power down time. And during that power down time, you want to be um, taking care of your hygiene, like take a shower, um, brush your teeth, skin care, whatever you need to do, whatever you do. And during that hour before you go to bed, you might want to prepare for the next day, like get your lunch ready. So you're not caught out and get your gym clothes ready or your walking shoes ready for have it all ready. So you're not rushed in the morning or it never gets done. And then you're caught out with lunch. Like you have to eat lunch out in the world and who knows what people are putting in food. I mean, you know what we say here at Doctor on a Mission, get your food prepared in your home. So you know what's going in it. Okay. We don't know what's going out out there and let's face it. If you are not paying high quality dollars for your food in restaurants, you know that the restaurants are using cheap products because they're a business. Just saying, just saying. Okay, let's see. And then during that one hour before going to bed, no computers. So don't be in front of the webcast watching me, okay? Because you're being stimulated and this is just going to, It's not good. You want to calm yourself down, okay? The electromagnetic energy that's coming from any electrical device like a computer, a TV, your phone, all that stuff, your your, um, iPad, whatever, you want to just shut that down. You don't want to be exposed to that because it stimulates your brain, gets you excited, and makes you like a hot chili pepper. Hot, 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 ready for the next thing. What's the next thing I'm going to do? What do I have to do? No, you want to be powering down. Let's see. And then remember that you've heard this before. You only want to do two things in your bed, but I say three. Um, the, The first is you just want to be sleeping in your bed. The second is doing the wild thing. But the third, which I have found very helpful, is I read something very inspirational before I go to bed. Yes. And it might be a half an hour. It might be 20 minutes. It might be five minutes, depending on how tired I am. So I read something inspirational and you can too. It kind of just quiets you down and, and it makes you safe. It helps you feel safe so that you can fall asleep. Uh, And no gadgets in your bedroom. Gosh, I can't tell you how many people I coach for six months that still have a tough time getting the gadgets out of their bedroom. (laughs) I ask them every time, have you gotten the TV out of your room? 
oh, yeah, I've gotten the TV out of my room. And I go, okay, have you stopped not charging your phone in your room? Oh, no, nope, I still, I'm still doing that. You know, it's, look, you know, at the end of the day, it's your choice. But the key is, it's your choice. So if you want to have more energy, and you got to get better sleep. And you do that by getting gadgets out of your room. Have your phone charged outside of your room. No computers, no cell phones, no iPads, none of that in your bedroom, okay? I'm watching you. I can see you. (laughs) All right, let's talk about naps. How long should you be taking a nap during the day? Well, studies have indicated that a nap less than 30 minutes a day is okay. It actually charges you up, um, improves your learning ability, and enhances your performance. So a nap less than 30 minutes, okay? The next thing is you want to eliminate things that interfere with your sleep. And they are the following. You might want to write this down. Write it down. You write it down. (laughs) I've written it down. And remember, you can pause and rewind. So here's the list. Um, The first is alcohol. No alcohol two hours before going to bed. And about alcohol, really, you should not be drinking any alcohol to help you sleep because it's going to put you to sleep, but then it's going to wake you up. So if you're like a lot of people I coach who drink a glass or two of red wine or three or four glasses of wine or have a drinky poo or maybe a two drinky poo or maybe even a three drinky poo to help them sleep. Don't do it. You got to wean yourself off that because it's going to mess up your sleep cycle. And if you are having any kind of alcohol, the only alcohol that, that I and my colleagues recommend is red wine because it's got good antioxidant properties and one glass is fine a night. Two glasses a night is too much. Ideally, three glasses of red wine a week is enough for you, okay? That's what the research shows. I didn't make this up. If it was up to me, I would happily have more red wine because I love red wine. It makes me happy. But then it also like messes up my sleep and it will mess up your sleep. So eliminate the following Okay, is no alcohol two hours before going to bed, no chocolate because it's got caffeine in it. Um, eliminate all caffeine in the form of hot chocolates, tea with caffeine, or coffee. Uh, for the caffeine, I recommend no caffeine six hours before you go to sleep because it just hangs around in your system. Uh, headache medication also has caffeine in it. So beware of that. Antihistamines, cold medications, and steroids. Uh, Steroids used for asthma will also think, and it's called prednisone, is is, uh, very excitatory and uh, will keep you awake. So if you're going to take prednisone, I always, if you need to be taking prednisone for your, your medical condition, I always instruct my clients to take their prednisone in the morning with food. Don't take it at night because it will, you won't be sleeping at all. Okay. So also the next thing is sleeping tablets. So steroids and sleeping tablets will 
as you know, will cause dependence and will disrupt your sleeping uh, rhythms. Okay. Okay. So let's talk about herbal, herbal therapies to help you fall asleep. Okay. So the first one that the research shows is very safe is valerian root. So you can get valerian root and the dose for that is 320 milligrams to 480 milligrams one hour before going to bed. There's a little birdie out there. Cute. And then the next one that you could try if the valerian root doesn't work is you can try the passion flower and passion flower doses 300 to 600 milligrams one hour before going to bed. Okay. All right. Now, Another um, mineral, uh, one mineral that I'd like to talk to you about that will help you sleep is called magnesium. Now, we all are pretty deficient in magnesium because stress in our brain, whether it's perceived stress or nutritional stress or inflammatory stress or circadian rhythm stress disruption, will cause stress in our brain and it will cause depletion. In our magnesium levels. And magnesium is like so important in our body. Just to give you a picture of how important magnesium is, when our muscles contract and relax, contract and relax, contract and relax, they dance all day long. And then like your heart muscles, your blood vessels, all that, all the muscles in your body are dancing. La, 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 la all day long, and they contract with calcium, and they relax with magnesium and water. That's why it's so important to have your water at a good level, because if, and you also want to make sure that you have your magnesium at at a good level, because the picture is, if you don't have enough magnesium, and you don't have enough water in your system, then It'll contract, but it won't relax. And that's why we have a lot of people with um, high blood pressure because their magnesium levels are low and their blood vessels are really tight and they won't relax. Or people have headaches or they have muscle spasms because it never has a magnesium in the water to relax. Isn't that a cool picture? But also magnesium is important for sleep. So I encourage you, to use the following to help you sleep at night. So you want to take magnesium citrate. That's magnesium citrate. That's C-I-T-R-A-T-E. If you tend to have constipation, you want to purchase magnesium citrate. However, if you tend to have looser stools, or diarrhea, then you want to use magnesium glycinate. That's G-L-Y-C-I-N-A-T. And the dose is an hour before going to bed, you want to take 400 to 800 milligrams at night. Okay, now this is not going to work right away because you're depleted. It's going to take a while to get up to, to eat your to the level that your body's like, okay, I've got enough magnesium here. Okay. So Give yourself some time. And for the magnesium citrate, um, what is educated under functional medicine doctors is you want to start at 400 and then bump it up every day, every night until you get diarrhea the next day. 
And if you get diarrhea the next day, then you want to, or loose stools, then you want to back off by 100, 150 milligrams, okay? So that's just sleep. <laughs> we've talked about water. We've talked about sleep. We still have two more things to, to get improve your energy. That's why it's so funny when people come into my office or they ask me, how do I have more, more energy? They expect me to tell them in like one minute. And I can't. Uh, you know, this is already, gosh, we're already 33 minutes into the webcast. So to sum up the sleep, if you want to have more energy, get your sleep, prioritize it. We've gone through it. I've given you some ideas. You want to make sure that you work towards 7.5 hours of sleep to 9.5 hours of sleep. Okay. All right. Let's see. Now the next part is nutrition. We got to get your nutrition right. And everybody says, oh, I'm eating right. I'm eating right. Are you really eating right? I don't know. Um, are you eating dead food? Because you know what? If you're eating dead food, you're going to feel dead. You're not going to have any energy. And you do not need to wait for a randomized, a double-blind control study to tell you what you need to be eating, okay? We don't need the pharmaceutical companies to tell us what to eat. We don't need the food and company, food industry to tell us what to eat, okay? Uh, you can be your own experiment. And by that, if you eat something and you feel terrible after you eat it within an hour or two, then guess what? It's not good for you. But if you eat something and you've got energy within the hour or two after eating it, then it's good for you. You've done your randomized double-blind control study. You are that study, okay? So pay attention to your body because your body is your doctor. I'm just your second opinion. And your doctor is their sec your second opinion, okay? Okay. I'm kind of your third opinion. Your doctor is your second opinion. I'm your third opinion as your health coach walking alongside you, okay? It's to help you work with your doctor. So make sure you're eating alive food. And the simplest way to know you're eating an alive food is eat um, a one-ingredient food. Well, what's a one-ingredient food? Uh, a carrot, an apple, lettuce, tuna, Clean tuna without junk on it, okay? Um, onion, yam, sweet potato, raw nuts. I know, you get this. So keep in mind that food is your medicine. Look, I'll tell you, I never knew really the, the extent of how important real food was to our health starting in your brain until I started to take a deep dive in functional medicine back in 2001. Okay. So food truly is your medicine and we need to get the food down right. So I'm going to give you an overview of what your food should really be. Okay. Just because I know there's a lot of people that are confused. So this is your plate of food, okay? So you see that? That's your plate of food. So you want one, two, three, four-fifths of non-starchy 
vegetables. And those are your low and medium GI foods. That means your low glycemic food. And you want kind of like a fist of protein. And then you want a half a cup per meal, a half a cup of your high fiber carbs. And then you want to have good fats. And I don't really worry about telling you how much good fats to eat, quality fats, because at the end of the day, your stomach is going to tell your brain, I'm full. I got good food. You can back away from the buffet. (laughs) You can step away from the buffet. (laughs) You know, you don't need to you don't need to limit your food. If you follow this, your body will tell you, I don't need any more food. And the more you do this, and I'll give you specifics about what your non-starchy vegetables are and what your protein is and what's your high fiber carbs and what good fats are. Once you start doing this at each meal, your body's going to get used to this. Give yourself a couple weeks three weeks, give yourself three weeks of sticking to this. Okay. So you got this picture. You might want to take a little screenshot of that baby. Here we go. I'll hold it still. I'll photo bomb the picture. <laughs> okay. I'm going to put, this is going away. It's going away. All right. So for the, for the non-starchy vegetables, make sure that it's the low and medium GI vegetables okay and those are your dark green leafy vegetables okay all right and then your proteins you want to palm of that without the fingers and the paw and the the proteins that we recommend are if you can do organic fantastic okay i know it's a bit of a challenge i know it costs more money but if you can't do it that's okay just try and eat a palm of protein. If it's grass fed, that's even better. And make sure that it's things like your meat, your chicken, your lamb, your eggs, and your fish. Okay. And then your healthy fats down in this area, you want to make sure that your healthy fats are things like butter, uh, coconut oil, your raw nuts and the raw nuts are, you know, your cashews, not salted, not roasted, your raw nuts. You don't want to kill your food. Okay. And you kill your food by heating it up. So your, your, um, all your raw nuts. Let me see. What do I have in my cup? Uh, Pecans, cashews, almonds, walnuts, Brazil nuts, macadamia nuts. I really like macadamia nuts. And pecans because they're lower in protein and really high in good fats and your quality fats. Uh, let me see what else, what other kind of, oh, and then your seeds. You know, you've got your sunflower seeds, your pumpkin seeds, um, your chia seeds, your sesame seeds. Okay. So those are your good fats. And then you can also use avocado as your good fat. Ghee, which is clarified butter. If you've got a dairy allergy, you can use ghee as your butter. You can um, use organic nut butters like your almond butter, your hazelnut butters. Um, Peanut butter is not a nut butter. Just so you know, peanut is a legume. It's a bean. So just so you know. Peanut butter is not a legume and if, is not a nut. It's a legume. It's a bean from the bean family. And, you know, if you can make sure that you are getting organic, non-sugar uh, 
non-GMO peanut butter, then, and you're not allergic to it, go ahead and use it. But I find that it's very hard to find organic, non-genetically modified peanut butter. Okay? Just saying. A lot of the peanut butter you're seeing out there and a lot of the advertisements that you're seeing out there have a lot of sugar and a lot of processed oils, which you don't want to be doing. Okay? Just saying. (laughs) Let's see. Oh, and also before I let go of the fats is olives. Beautiful, beautiful olives. Mm, Lovely. Good fat. Okay. Now, right here with the high fiber carbs right there, you want to be doing things like only a half a cup. And those would be um, your low to medium GI fruit, your beans, your boiled kumara, your sweet potatoes. And I always recommend in that department, your grains. And if, because I've learned so much about preventing Alzheimer's, and that's going to be one of the podcasts, I think this month. Oh, yeah, the two steps to prevent um, Alzheimer's nutritionally. Um, I have learned that gluten it can cause havoc in your brain and can increase your risk of Alzheimer's. So in this area, I always recommend non-gluten grains, okay? So in this area, you've got your non-gluten grains, your low meat to medium GI fruits, your beans, and your boiled kumara. And you just want a half a cup of that at each meal. And I'll just give you a little list of the non-gluten grains, okay? And Chef Mike's going to be teaching about how to use these. So you got your amaranth, your buckwheat, all your rices, like your basmati, your black rice, your red rice, um, your wild rice, uh, your millet, your quinoa, your sorghum, your teff, and uh, oats, steel-cut oats. And I always recommend using steel-cut oats because they are the least processed. And make sure um, that you understand that that steel-cut oats are normally gluten-free. However, the more the oats are processed through mills that process other gluten grains, they get contaminated. So make sure if you're going to be using steel-cut oats that they're gluten-free. Guaranteed. Stamp approved. Gluten-free grains. (laughs) All right. So you just want to make sure that's the way you want to be eating. And then, of course, treats. Do you see if I, you see that little tiny little piece of, no, I didn't, I didn't write in treats here, but treats, the treats that I recommend is your dark chocolate, greater than 70%. And the reason is because it's an antioxidant and it helps you not look like a brown apple, okay, that we talked about. It actually helps you look like a clean, fresh Apple that's been dipped in lemon, it's an antioxidant. That's the beauty of of dark chocolate. It helps you look young and helpful. Well, not helpful, but young and vibrant. (laughs) Well, actually more helpful because you've got more energy, right? That's what we're talking about is the four steps for you to have more energy. All right. And uh, so that's the nutrition part that we wanted to focus on. Now the last part is blood work. Okay, so get your pen and paper if you haven't yet, and we're going to write down blood work that you want to be checking with your doctor to make sure you're not suffering from any 
of these deficiencies, okay? So let's see the first one. Ready? I'm going to get a sip of water. Cheers. This is water. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the first blood test you want to get from your doctor to make sure everything's okay is a CBC. Okay, now a CBC is a complete blood count. And what this test does is it checks your white count, which is your army that helps you fight infection. And it also checks for anemia. So this is the first one you want to check, get checked, okay? All right. Remember, you can pause and rewind. The next test is your ferritin. And the reason you want to get your ferritin checked is because your ferritin is like your tank of energy, your tank of iron. So think of yourself as having a tank full of iron. And your iron is important for your red blood cells. And if you don't have a good tank of ferritin, then guess what? You will be experiencing anemia and you'll be very, very tired. But you can tell I don't have a low ferritin level because mine's nice and full. Now, let's talk about your ferritin levels. This is the best way that I can ex- that I explain it to, to people. If you are looking at your dashboard for petrol or gasoline, okay? So if you're looking at your dashboard, at your gas tank and your petrol is down here at 20, then you know you need to get more gasoline, more petrol, right? However, if it's up here, then you know you're okay. You can go a few more kilometers or a few more miles. So make sure that when you get it checked, you are at least a half a tank full. Okay? Now, a lot of doctors don't know this, so just forgive them. They always, a lot of them, a lot of colleagues in the medical profession think that if it's around here 20, they're okay. You're fine. Your iron levels are stored are, 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 are fine. However, it's best to have it in this area or above. It's better to have more than less. Okay. Cause if let's just say um, you have an event, God forbid, and you want to make sure that you've got a good iron storage. Okay. So that's your iron levels. Ferritin. All right, the next one is um, to check for diabetes. And that's called a hemoglobin A1C. A what? A hemoglobin A1C. <laughs> it's, here, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just show you the picture, and that is a G, okay? So it's HGA1C. That's a hemoglobin A1C. <laughs> okay, you got that? So get that checked. That checks. Um what your red blood cells have looked like over the last six weeks. And it tells us how much sugar, how many sugar lollipops are hanging off all your red blood cells. Okay. And if it's elevated, then you 
have a type 2 diabetes or if it's getting close to the to the normal level if you're like just steps away then you are a pre-diabetic okay and it's time to wake up and this could be causing an elevation in this number could actually be causing you to be very tired so you want to make sure you are far away from getting this at high levels or even you know, low normal levels. You want to get this normal, okay? All right. The next one is your, this is a a marker that checks for inflammation. And it's called your CRP. C-R-P. And the CRP tells us how much inflammation is in your body. And the best way I can explain a good picture of what inflammation looks like is look around you in this world. Do you see a lot of swollen, doughy, puffy people? Do you see bags under their eyes and things under their, under their chins? Kind of like a little bit like me, Noah. My CRP is like zero because I work really hard at this. Or, you know, just big doughy people. Well, that is because they've got a lot of inflammation. And inflammation is, we now know, is the root cause of a lot of medical problems that we're seeing right now. Diabetes, obesity, type 2 diabetes, um, uh, I'm sorry, Alzheimer's, sinusitis is inflammation, um, gum disease, gingivitis is a chronic inflammation. Uh, let me see what other stool infections, uh, gastritis, uh, cancers is an inflammatory uh, reaction to your body fighting cancer. Uh, so inflammation is the root cause. And the best test is to do a CRP. And the key is you want it less than two. Okay? Less than two. So ask your doctor, can I get my CRP checked, please? Okay, now the next one is a series of one, two, three, four, five tests to check your thyroid. Now, a lot of doctors only check one number. They see it and they, they're like, hey, that's fine. That's just the way we were taught in medical school. However, It's bigger than that. The picture is bigger. So make sure that you ask your doctor to check all of these numbers. And your thyroid is like your master gland. It like controls, it's right in here. And it like controls 300 processes in your body. 300, it's like a master controller. It's almost as important as your hypothalamus in your brain. But don't worry, I won't test you on that today. So your thyroid right here, okay? So... Make sure you get these five tests done. And I'll keep this up. And remember, you can write, you can stop and pause. Okay. So the first one is TSH. The next one is free T3. The next one is free T4. Okay. TSH, free T3, free T4. Then the next one is TPO. That's thyroperoxidase. And then the next one is a nice long one. Can you read that? I hope that's not coming out backwards. It is to me. So it's antithyroglobulin antibody. 
antithyroid globulin antibody. Okay? All right. So I hope, gosh, I'll have to ask my husband if this is coming around off backwards. But anyway, it's antithyroid globulin antibody. I'll, I'll spell it out for you. It's A-N-T-I hyphen T-H-Y-R-O-I-D-G-L-O-B-U-L-I-N antibodies. Okay? So make sure your doctor checks all of them. Now, just so you know, you can have a normal TSH, which is what my colleagues are taught to do all the time. And if it's normal, it's sweet as. You're fine. Your thyroid's good. However, this can be normal. And these two, this one or this one or both of them can be abnormal. And if they are elevated, that means that your body is creating antibodies that's attacking your thyroid. And that's an inflammatory reaction, and that can cause you to be tired. You know, if your thyroid's being attacked, well, then guess what? Your metabolism is being affected, and it could be slowing you down, and you could be getting tired. So have those checked, okay? All right, now the next one that I want you to get checked is your vitamin D. Now, I don't know why they call it vitamin D, because it's not a vitamin. Vitamin D is really... Not a vitamin, okay? It's actually created from cholesterol. It's a hormone created from cholesterol. You've got cholesterol, and then cholesterol makes like estrogen, testosterone, progesterone, vitamin D. But it's really not vitamin D. It's, it should just be called D. But, oh, well, crazy, crazy nomenclature. So the test you want to get is 25-OH vitamin D. 25-OH vitamin D, okay? Make sure that's the, not, that's the one you, you get. And you want the level to be, I'll write it down, normal is between 40 to 60 nanograms per mil, okay? I'll show that to you. Anything less than that, so normal, is 40 to 60 nanograms per mil. So anything less than that, um, gosh, I've had patients, well, the research has shown anything less than this increases your risk of a lot of medical problems like type 2 diabetes, depression, cancer. And we do know that less than 20 nanograms per mil of vitamin D can increase your risk of depression by 85%. Now, my colleagues are not taught in medical school how to check this number. So give them a break. They don't know this stuff. You're actually teaching your doctor, okay? So be gentle. And let them know that you need your level to be between 40 to 60 nanograms per mil. And... You can go on to Google and figure out how to convert whatever number comes, whatever they do it by. Like I know here in New Zealand, we do nanomoles per liter. Well, then go on to the Google and find out how to convert nanomoles per mole, nanomoles per liter over to nanograms per mil. Okay. And that'll, that'll figure it out. That'll help you. But the key is you want 40 
to 60 nanograms per mil. Okay? All right. I know it's a lot, but hey, you guys asked me to share with you how to have more energy. So I'm just giving you the facts, man. (laughs) Answer. All right. And then the last blood test you want to check is your vitamin B12. Now, your vitamin B12 is so important for brain function. So if that's low, you're going to be tired. And if you're not going to be thinking well either. So make sure you've got your vitamin B12 levels good. And if not, then you can get supplementation or you can get an injection. Just talk to your doctor, okay? Okay, wow. I think we have come to the end of our talk. Let's go ahead and recap. Four ways to have more energy. Are you still with me? Okay, good. So the first way is drink your water. You want 30 mils per kg or one ounce per pound every day. Bottom line. The second one is sleep. You want to make sure you're sleeping 7.5 hours to 9.5 hours every night. Okay? I want you sending me in messages telling me how great you're sleeping, okay? The third is nutrition. We talked about the plate of food. And we talked about filling that plate of food with live one-ingredient foods, not processed, not out of a bag, not out of a carton, okay? All right. Eat live food. Don't eat dead food. And then we also talked, number four was your blood work. Make sure you get your blood works done so that you know where you are. I mean, who knows what's going on? You might be having type 2 diabetes and you didn't even know it, okay? Or you might have low levels of vitamin D and you're experiencing more sicknesses, more illnesses, more infection, and that's causing you to be tired. Well, you know what? When your body is fighting infection, yep. You will be tired. So the key is let's get your blood levels stabilized because that's kind of like your body saying, okay, I'm good. But if your bloods aren't good, then that's your body saying, I need help. Help me, help me. Hello, Chef Michael here. If you enjoyed today's episode, we would love it if you subscribe to the podcast and left us a review.